With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, we look back at the goalless draw with Livingston and ask just what is behind these sluggish second half displays. Christopher Ayer, as I mentioned, is a real fan favourite at Parkhead and is he the man to lead the Celtic backline for years to come? And finally, we look ahead to the Scottish Cup semi-final showdown against Aberdeen. Not a classic at the weekend, coming off the back of that explosive... Uh, Derby against Rangers. Uh, Swanee, were you at the game? Did you did you had the pleasure of taking in that goalless draw? I was. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a, it was a quiet day. Um, it was it always promised to be a difficult day after the the highs of the the Rangers game the week before, and you're coming up against an opponent in Livingston who have shown themselves to be very adept at, at doing what they do. As it, and it appears to be known, you know, they've got a good structure. They're well organised. They concentrate. Celtic needed to score early doors. They had a couple of chances in the first half an hour, two or three chances, in fact, didn't take them. And then it, the game settles into a pattern then a little bit where Livingston have, have got a bit of confidence up. And it was just one, it was just one of them days, I, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Graham, is it hard to read too much into performances like that? As I did, I mean, as, as, as Swanee says, it's just one of those one of those days where you know Livingston are parking on the, the goal line almost. I heard some people saying, and as he says, doing what they do. I think Livingston been a breath of fresh air really you know, the way they play they're so they find them what they do they know exactly how to they're a well-oiled machine and teams do find it difficult at times to break them down I think for Celtic and for uh, Neil in particular it's not each result he's kind of waiting for the rally. he's waiting for a big 5-0 win each since he's been back there's been some good performances but most games have followed a similar pattern plenty of possession opportunities but yet to really blow a team away and I think after uh, obviously the Rangers game midweek win against St Mern Three games in six days, uh, what heavy legs as well. So I think games like this are always going to be. It was always going to be a close game. Celtic are probably never going to win four or five now. So just living well organised. And Celtic did, as Swanee said, some good opportunities in the first half. Obviously, it didn't quite happen after that. Is there a bit of a pattern emerging though? Do you think that in the second half it's starting to fall a wee bit flat? As you said, it kind of happened a bit against Rangers. Second half against St Mirren in midweek. You know they kind of came into it as well, and then. Obviously, it, maybe it was kind of flat for the whole game, I suppose, um, against Livingston. But has that a wee, been a wee bit of a pattern since since Lennon came back in? I think there's too much being read into it, yeah. personally. I think everybody wants to scrutinise every minute, every substitution, everything that's going on. Neil Lennon has, has been clear, this is not his team, this is not his systems. He's coming into a situation there was always going to be an impasse here. Neil Lennon's job was to get Celtic over the line to try and get the results. It's difficult. I've never played at that level. I've got no idea how it affects players, but you can tell by talking to them and talking to Neil Lennon, or mentally and physically, 
well, physically they were sapping anyway. Then the thing happened with Brendan Rodgers. It's affected them mentally. And I think there's a situation just now where the, the whole unit as a collective, the management, the players, it's just a case of getting over the line. They're going, I wouldn't call it going through the motions. That would be unfair. But when they've had to get something done, they've done it. Maybe not in the spectacular style they did with us, but, you know, you go back to the, the cup quarter final at Easter Road, you know, ahead of the semi-final this week, the first half wasn't great. When they had to pick it up in the second half, they picked it up. When they needed to score the last-minute winners, they needed to score the last-minute winners, they got them. The Rangers game, they started the game well, did what they had to do, got in front. I think the circumstances of the game spooked them a wee bit. Mm-hmm. You score the goal, and then three minutes later, or four minutes later, Rangers got a player sent off. It's almost like the game's won, and it maybe just didn't work out the way, what I say about the physical and mental stuff that's been going on with the players just now. Maybe two or three years ago, when they were a bit fresher of mind and of body, they would have gone on and blown Rangers away the way they had done under Brendan Rodgers. But people have to remember, this had set in before Brendan Rodgers left. There, there, there seems to be a convenient airbrushing of history here. <laughs> there was a, a lot of very, very, very poor performances. You know, it picked up after January, but in the lead-up, there was a lot of games where Celtic... There was games where they played well. But Neil Lennon's won at Tynecastle. Brendan Rodgers' team got beat at Tynecastle. Neil Lennon won at Easter Road in a cup quarter-final. Rodgers' team got blown away just before Christmas. So, I think people are comparing apples and pears here. You can't compare Neil Lennon with Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is an elite manager. Regardless of what people think about him now, I think folk will look back on that period of Brendan Rodgers in 20 years' time and go, how did that happen? People talk about treble trebles as if it's what you're having for your lunch. Three years ago, it had only been done, what, two or three times ever? And now it's just this taking us red, oh, well, it's a failure if Celtic don't win the treble this year. I mean, how's that the case? I just think Celtic fans have been have been very, very spoiled in the past two and a half years and they've had every right to enjoy every second of it. But do not compare Neil Lennon with Brendan Rodgers because it's not right and it's not fair on him. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a difficult situation for Lennon as well, isn't it, Graham? And the fact that you know he's been brought in to do this interim job, so he can't really, you know, he's not in any position to make wholesale changes. And he said himself, it's just a continuation. But this one, he says, is there maybe a kind of a bit too much being read into this, and the fact that he's he's doing enough to get them over the line without without it being spectacular, as he says. Yeah, I think what's, what's funny he said there definitely hit the, hit the mark there. And I think the point for Lennon, I think if it was normal circumstances, he was married in full-time, he'd be able to analyse these maybe lulls in games differently. But the objective is securing a treble-treble, and it's rightly pointed out, it's not some it's not something that happens. And it'll probably it'll never happen again. This is unprecedented success for Celtic. Just dominance in big games as well under Rodgers. And I think that's a pressure for Lennon as well because people talk about Lennon's hand and record. He still won the Scottish Cup on two occasions as well. It wasn't as if Neil Lennon could never win a cup for Celtic. But there's a real pressure building into this Aberdeen game now because of what Rodgers was able to do at Hamden. He's been eight for Lennon in recent games it hasn't been free-flowing football. So I think moving forward there, there is a, a kind of, especially this week, it's a massive week for Celtic and I think Lennon just, I respect if they play well, playing different against Aberdeen, as long as they get the result, that's really the main thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as it has done so many times this season, there could have been a, a, another late winner against Livingston, um, but I think we've all seen it back. Oliver Burke somehow yeah. conspired to <laughs> to put the ball by the post. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of uh, went a wee bit unnoticed because he... Um, the header before from where against St Mirren, but he had a similar one during the week. Is he struggling yeah. for a wee bit of confidence at the moment, Oliver Burke? <laughs> P- 
Perhaps. I mean, listen, we spoke in this podcast just after he signed and there was a lot of people talking about, you know, the, the strengths he could bring to certain games and the things he might be able to do and the things he might not be able to do. And we identified that coming into a situation like Saturday when a team's got 11 men behind within 25 yards of their own goal isn't going to suit Oliver Burke. But it's funny how we, we, we analyse things and we talk about learning and things that have happened and the performances. No manager on earth can set up for a player putting the ball wide from three yards. If Oliver Burke scores, Neil Lennon brought him on with 10 minutes to go. And everybody's saying, wow, well, well, that was a great piece of management, that. No one went to bring him into the game, wasn't it? He brought Ryan Christie on against St Mirren in midweek and Christie lifted it and scored the goal before getting his ears blown off. <laughs> um, so that would have been two changes in a week where people people are pointing to the changes in the Rangers game and saying, well, he maybe shouldn't have done that. Why take Johnny Hayes off when Tierney was toiling and blah, 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 and that was a bad... But he's also made changes that have worked. Sometimes you can't legislate. Can he legislate for Oliver Burke putting a ball wide for three yards? Can you really? No, I mean, it's cannot. just... <laughs> I think with Burke as well, and we spoke before when he arrived, there is games. The Messiah was an example. Where he's got can run for days. He's got so he has got obvious qualities. And there were some games, the St Johnson game, Scottish Cup. He was absolutely excellent that day. And second half, he'd, he'd, he'd been so good in the first half that second half he'd find this confidence that isn't always there in his game. Just the way he can run at players. He's finished. He's never got to be a natural finisher, but he gets himself in decent positions. Mm-hmm. But games like Saturday when it's tight, but he had that opportunity. Obviously, I think there was a, the joke this morning about. Eric Triple missing that chance for PSG and Ronnie yeah. Rosenthal finally been able to have a good night's sleep. But Oli Burke's one who quickly forgot my chance at that. So he'll come again. I think he's an important player in the last few weeks of the season. Uh, along with Timo Weah who impressed against St Mern, uh, Cove Edward because uh, those front three, there's no one guaranteed to play top notch every week. I think uh-huh. Edward's got so many qualities about his game. But Burke's got a big chance still to think of an impact in the final few weeks. I think Hamden could be an opportunity mm-hmm. to fit even off the bench. Just yeah. to add on the back of what you said there, Graham, I do think there have been signs in the past eight days that Edward's going to finish the season in style. Yeah, I think... I think you look... I mean, we've often watched Celtic games and you can see him and you can sometimes... Hmm, you're not really sure whether he's, he's all at it on the day, whether it's been injuries, whether he's been building himself back up to fitness. But you could tell from his first touch in the Rangers game he was That's on it. it. He fancied it. And it's almost like it's coming to this time of the season now. Medal time, trophy time, because he was good. He was good when he came on against Simon right away, and I thought he was really good against Livingston. So yeah, he did score, missed a couple of chances that he probably should have scored with. Mm-hmm. One was inst- one one in the first half of the side foot, the instinctive one when we are kicked. But he looks as though he'll be the number nine for the rest of the season. I would imagine, especially now that Celtic went a weekend, 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 weekend. There's no midweek games now. I'd imagine Odson will start every game now. And I think the interesting thing with Edward for people who see snippets of his game like the, there was a, uh, the Europa League clash against uh, Leipzig uh, which was a phenomenal performance that was like, the best everything that he was, and I thought that Rangers game was very similar he's obviously brilliant in one-on-one situations when he's able to kind of isolate defenders but when he's at his very best he's strong and he's able to kind of work around the players with him and I think Swanee's bang on he's we've been able to see a lot of that over the last week yeah there's shades of his old pal Mr Dembele and not and, but in that when it gets down to you know as you said these big games and that that way I, yeah. I, I, people used to say with Dembele as well like you could tell from his first touch in the game if he knew he was on it is he kind of he and he was regarded as the man for the big occasion is this Edward kind of stepping into those shoes as well I, I would think so I, I think there's a lot of that and for Dembele's raw physicality that's what 
really yeah. separated them as well. Yeah, different types of yeah, players. Yeah, hundred percent. Similar impact. Edward loves getting out wide in certain situations. He's just it's unbelievable. He's, there'll be the football hipsters of this world will be doing video breakdowns. Of how he, he doesn't really sometimes to do that much. It's he's very he's very fluid in his movement. And like Joe Waddle was like a spinning top when he got him turned, and you'll see a lot. That's what he needs at his very best he does that but there's that side where he'll never become Dembele in terms of hold up play mm-hmm. but if he can even just tap into some of that that makes his overall game better and then he, he grows in confidence as games go on as well I think he's he's just a top class player he really is yeah another player who's been growing in stature I know you're a, a big fan Graham is Christopher Ayer I mean he, he one of the sort of standout moments of the the win over Rangers and yeah. you know <laughs> the whole thing with celebrating the tackle that's the that's kind of thing so- that like like fans love that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. but he's he is kind of coming into his own, really, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think over the last year and a bit, there was a Scottish Cup semi final last year. He started quite nervously uh, against. Uh, he was up against Morelos. A couple of times, Rogers was wincing the sidelines. Sometimes would take a bit long in his touch, but he, in the tackle, he's phenomenal. Every game he's in, he's like the walking wounded. Picks up a head injury or something else, but he just gets on with it. It's quite obviously Norwegian, but he's that Scottish kind of mindset. He's very tough. He's the fans love him. And that celebration, that is, as you say, Liam, the kind of stuff that people love. And it just reminds me of like, it'll be a long way till he gets to that level. Like Johan Mialbi type, where he's battling through constantly, always kind of wins people over with his endeavour, really. And Boyata again last week, I thought he had a decent game, but it was Ayer who was the one who was mm-hmm. was able to stand up some really big tackles in the last five minutes as well. And mm-hmm. that really kept Celtic in the lead against Rangers after Forrest had scored that goal. And it seems as if he's been about for a while now, but you do forget how young 20. he still is. He's only 20, 20 years, years old. old. I mean, it's that's I mean, when you look at him... We he's spoke, never looked like that. He's always looked a bit older, I suppose. In a yeah, bit. myself, a few of the lads spoke to him after the game on Saturday. We spoke to John Kennedy during the week, the week before as well. John had said he's like that in training. Um, when he wins tackles, he gets some he gets some slagging off the other players about it because he'll he'll jump up and he'll start celebrating when he stops someone scoring. The other players will rip him with bits. And we asked him about it on Saturday. He just kind of laughed as if, yeah, that's right. But I don't want to admit it. <laughs> but um, at twenty years of age, and I tell you, he is a very, very, very important player for Celtic right now, going forward, because everyone knows there's going to be changes. I know Brendan Rodgers kind of ha- half opened the door to possibly Philip Benkovic going back out again on loan. People are assuming that'll be back to Celtic. Brendan Rodgers might decide that another Premiership club's where he needs to go. But so you have to go on the premise that Philip Benkovic won't be back. Dedrick Boata won't be back. He'll go to pastures new. Celtic need two new centre halves, and we all know we've discussed it in this podcast before. You know how the transfer window works. You're not going to get both the centre halves you want before the qualifiers. One's likely to be August the 29th or something like that. So having an eye there is really, really, really important. And he's played so many games this year because. At one stage, Boyata was out, Benkovic was out. At the start of the year, none of them were, av- were available. His growth is going to be very, very important. He's, he's a big player for Celtic over the next four or five years, I would say, if they can keep him. One thing as well, the party's game that I think the fans really love is when he's able to drive with the ball out for the back as well, and that's something he's really developed. At times it's a bit hear him, scare him, and it's mm-hmm. edge of the seat stuff, but that's, again, of another player like the way Van Dyke would do. It's not that level of player, nowhere near, but there's enough in his game. He's got loads to like. He's, he's excellent in the air. He battles constantly and he's got this ability now to kind of bring the ball forward. And it's 20 years of age, it's incredible. And the development since the loan at Kilmarnock, been able to come back in, first maybe was he going to play in midfield or defence, and he's been able to really forge a really strong career. Like, I think maybe the worry 
pass with guys like Thomas Ronnie and these players that would come in and Ronnie himself was a decent player under Lennon first time around I think Ayer's just a, a real level above that kind of player playing at international level as well he's got real experience for someone his age mm-hmm. what he's also done Liam is he's played a lot of games Yeah, Celtic centre halves have a tendency to be made of I don't know thread chocolate call it what you like they don't tend to play enough games and it, it, it's, it's happened with Shemunovic Sam with Boyata Sam with Benkovic Graham just mentioned Thomas Ronya. You go back through, there are always guys missing games. He seems to be more or less fit all of the time. He might get the odd hammy here and there that mm-hmm. came out for a fortnight. Yeah. He never really tends to be out for too much. I know he had the facial problem. Yeah. There's not much you can do about that. Uh-huh. That's a centre-half going for a headed challenge and he gets, his, he gets his face broken. There's not much you can do about that. But he tends to be fit most of the time. So that's another plus. Yeah, there's never really been that sense around him that he's not reliable in that way. You, no. you, he's never really mentioned in that breath, has he? Yeah. No, that that's true. He's uh, something about it is. I think there's a real feeling that there's definitely teams teams would, that would be watching him would like him. But I think he's got one of the players. And there's so much talk of guys who are in free agents leaving and other players. Get to, I think he's someone Celtic can really hang their hat on moving forward. And it's a massive summer as everyone knows. He'll be relied upon heavily to play well in these qualifiers and kind of navigate Celtic through them in the early, early months of the next season. I know it sounds like a real you know you shouldn't sort of tar everybody with the same brush or, or I think different areas of the world see clubs differently if that makes sense and in Scandinavia Celtic are still seen as whether it's because of the Larson effect mm-hmm. and Mialbe and Lustig still playing Scandinavians have a very high opinion of, of Celtic you know it's not like he would be like a for talking sake, a Spanish kid or an Italian kid who might play a couple of seasons at Celtic and think, all right, I'll go somewhere else now. You get the impression he might, he certainly see, well, he's certainly content just now. There's no doubt about that. But even four or five years down the line, you would imagine he'd probably be quite content if he's yeah. if he's contributing and he's doing well and he's playing for his national team regularly. He's the type of guy that could be there for, he could be another, you know, a Michael Lustig type that could be there for seven, eight, nine years. No bother. Yeah, because it's, it's that phrase that fans use quite a lot, isn't it? He gets it. Mm-hmm. So he, he I think he quite likes the physicality. Aye. Like he's picked up a few sore ones over the last few months, but, <laughs> but he enjoys that. So yeah. I think he's in the perfect place. Aye. Um, obviously, certainly he looks at well. He looks an absolute certainty to be involved uh, against Aberdeen in the the cup semi final. And it was actually him that was talking about it. He was talking about the Celtics, you know, kind of stunning record at Hamden. Um, but as you know. Footballers tend to do. So you know it counts for nothing now. It's a, it's that's all in the past. But it's a another another huge game for the the, the club and and Neil Lennon as well. Oh, it's absolutely massive. I think this year, I think you need really. There's loads of factors in place. His first game back at Hamden without Brendan Rodgers, who was obviously so dominant. We're talking about this run that Celtic were under with Brendan Rodgers in charge. I think you really look back at the games at Hamden, which are always difficult for any team. Every manager is. They're bad days in semi-finals and finals and Celtic are just so many big performances in these games, coupled with the fact Lennon's had a few days to forget at Hamden. But I think the one thing that go- really goes in Celtic's favour is that Aberdeen in the Cup this season and against Celtic, they know how good they are. Like Aberdeen will be so up for this. They've been getting very, very close in recent seasons and big games. Derek McKinnon's been quite flexible tactically, he's trying different things. He'll fancy his chances probably against Lennon Celtic more than Rodgers. Mm-hmm. In charge, but I think that kind of plays in. It's not as a Celtic got a gimme. It's not they're playing a, a championship team, and it would never be a gimme in Hamden. But yeah. I think there's a feeling that this is a real fifty-five, forty-five, sixty-forty style clash, and I think that will really help Celtic. I think they'll play. They've got a chance to play really well. I think the pressure that would be go a long way game where they're really 
expected to win, they're favoured to win, would be a hindrance, but I think the opponents are a real help at the weekend. Mm. Do you agree with that, Swanny? Yeah, I think that's 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 a fair analysis, yeah. I mean, Le- Lennon will lean an awful lot on the players who have been there and done it over the past. It's They're the ones who will carry it through, you know, that... It, your Callum McGregor's and your, your James Forrest's guys that have really performed at Hamden. Obviously, Tom Rogic was given a, a long spell on the pitch on on Saturday against Livingston, and even though he wasn't quite at it, you got the impression it was geared towards going to Hamden uh, on Sunday. Same with Christie. Um, so they've got players that can deliver. I agree with Graham. Um, Denny McKenzie's a good record against Neil Lennon as well as, uh, when, when Lennon was at uh, Hibs. So... Uh, and I think there was a there was a kind of aura about Brendan Rodgers mm-hmm. and a Brendan Rodgers team that Aberdeen really never seemed to get over. Yeah. And whether the fact that Neil's on the bench now will change that, I suspect it probably will. They may not. But Aberdeen have got their issues as well, obviously. I don't think Shinny's playing. I think he's suspended who's their, who's their main player. So you'd still, you look at Celtic's team, if they turn up, they win. As much as, if, if Aberdeen plays, they can. If Celtic plays, they can, Celtic win. And And it's, that's what Neil Lennon's got to bank on. He's got to bank on the big game players delivering as he did for Brendan Rodgers. If they do, they'll win. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a, like maybe, a, say that psychological advantage for Celtic still, even though Brendan Rodgers is away, the fact that they've kind of had Aberdeen's number at Hamden in recent years, like that must that must still play into there. Even though even though Rodgers is gone, mm-hmm. you think that still plays into it as yeah. far as Aberdeen are concerned? Totally, and I think, it goes against Aberdeen as well. Was the Celtic score quickly? It'll just feel like every other game in the past. Uh-huh, All the uh-huh. maybe messages before the game. But the one thing I noticed uh, in the nil-nil draw between Celtic and Aberdeen, we kind of felt uh, really confident in the second half to press high. But a lot of that was through Shinny's tigerish. You know, he's chasing every ball down. But and then that followed into their game against Rangers, the cu- uh, quarter-final replay. And again, it was pressing high, uh, winning the ball back. But without Shinny, it's a bit different. So Aberdeen, t- when Aberdeen have come up short against Celtic, it's been especially at Pataudry, Hamden, they've been passive, sitting off the ball. That's how space opens up. Mm-hmm. So I think if Aberdeen try that approach where they're a bit passive, sitting, o- sitting off during the game, Celtic could really exploit it. Uh, for Celtic, they've just it's big game players, that's what it's about. These guys, yeah, yeah. it's like muscle memory, isn't it, for guys <laughs> like Cal McGregor, James Forrest, Brown. They're just tried and tested and... This is the kind. These are the type of games that, in years when they go back and you're looking at treble trebles and maybe ten in a row and all that. These are the games where it's all on the line. There's a bit of Dubai about the fact that Rodgers has just left. There's there's something. It's not just like the state of play as it's been the last few seasons. So this is a massive game for Celtic and for Aberdeen. But I think they'll be banking in these guys who just it's been constant big games, big performances. Someone comes up eventually. And I think Rogic has. That he's got this brilliant record against Aberdeen, but yeah. I think it's more than just he plays with it's that finding space at times and big moments, Hamden, big pitch. They love it, just could easily happen again. You you wouldn't be surprised if he was the one who came up with the, the big moment. It was interesting that the tactic that McInnes employed in the uh, the cup final when he went man for man in, in yep. the midfield. I hadn't seen them do that before, and I thought it worked. I thought it worked for long spells of that game, yeah. And then uh, Rogers came up with a wee bit of tactical now to drop Edward out and pull Andrew Considine and followed them out Christie got in and, and Celtic got the goal but Aberdeen tactically were really good that day um, and I, I wonder if he'd be tempted to try it again, Do that again. Um, I think that might suit Celtic because I, I think um, I'm not saying it caught Celtic out on the day but it's something that Celtic hadn't really faced and it almost took them a wee while to get to grips with the game I think if they're prepared for it this time they might, be, they might win the one-on-ones because I think Shinny's a big miss. He sets yeah. the tempo. He sets it for the rest of them. Same as Scott Brown does for Celtic. 
once you get one dropping off and falling off it and somebody escapes, someone's in pulled out of position to go cover, the whole thing falls apart like a cult house. So I'll be interested without Shinny if he tries that again. Yeah. That's like, sorry on your oh, no, That's no. a really interesting point he's made because Danny McKinnis, since Brendan Rodgers, has been trying so many things with a game in Rodgers' first season just after the winter break where he had Rooney, Hayes, McGinn were pressed so high it was like uh, Boyata scored in the second half with header. So he's never stopped or he's never got to stop trying to find a way to beat Celtic. Uh, it's very admirable, game. isn't it? It's yeah, very admirable. Course, I mean, you know, uh, some guys just turn up and try the same thing all the time. Almost, He's actually, yeah. and I know he gets a lot of criticism from Aberdeen fans for always losing big games and blah blah blah. But if you're up against teams with better quality, there's not much you can do as a manager. Yeah. You know, if, if you get outgunned, I think it's really good the way he's trying different things, and eventually he'll find one that works. And Celtic have just got to hope that it's the, it's the first league game of next season and uh, <laughs> not the semi-final as they try and set the records, you know? Max yeah. Lowe's a big player as well. Uh-huh. I, I thought he was excellent against James Horace in the cup final. Mm-hmm. He, he, when you get these lone players saying that they obviously varying, like, but I could easily see um, pretty similar to a player like Madison going on playing the Premier League. He's, yeah. he's top notch. He's got that recovery pace and that helped. I mean, they were obviously going man for man. Forrest didn't have a bad game, but he was really able. And that's obviously a lot of Celtic threat can come down that side of the pitch. So they need performances like that. They need to find a way in midfield. Uh, Brown, McGregor, they get in the tempo. Shinny's, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a bit crude when it's a foul or something, but he yeah. breaks that up. So Aye. they need to find a way. Ferguson's been a good player. Dean Campbell, I think, suffering with a wee injury. But for a young guy, he's been excellent. He's got a bit of physicality about him as well. So they will look for a way to try and... Uh, disturb Celtic's rhythm and as, as much as we're talking about maybe some a bit too much has been made about Lennon and second half but there definitely has been parts of games where Celtic go missing in recent weeks and mm-hmm. that's obviously been going on for a while as well but if Aberdeen can make that happen again coupled with it maybe getting a goal that Celtic could obviously yeah, find it's still level at that point I suppose exactly uh-huh. um, predictions then they want to stick their neck out I think Celtic will probably win a tight game I think the, I think the biggest for all the stuff, for all for all the good stuff Aberdeen can do on the ball and to nullify Celtic up to a point, my main concern for them would be, as it was in the Betfred Cup final, is what's, where they're going to get a goal from. Mm-hmm. That would be my Sam Cosgrove has been incredible in the last what twenty goals in twenty eight games or something like that. Um, he's a big guy, mobility's not his strong suit. Hamden's a big pitch, you know. When you're playing at Petodre, you can get tight to defenders, bully guys. It's, Reminds me a wee bit of Piezo, for example, at Hearts at Tynecastle when it's Close tight quarters, and he can, you know, if Celtic were to meet Hearts in the cup final, you'd almost see the big man be totally stranded because the pitch is so big, the centre halves can split, if they can move him about, he's going to struggle. I think Cosgrove's going to struggle if uh, Ayer and Benkovic are up to speed, which there's no reason to suggest they won't be. Benkovic mm-hmm. seems to be coming back to fitness, Ayer's fine as we spoke about. They're quick as well, he's not going to escape them. So it's going to be difficult for Aberdeen to get the ball, get into the right areas to deliver crosses for him. I think scoring goals is going to be their problem again. It has been every time they've played Celtic at Hamden. I think the Johnny Hayes goal in the, the Scottish Cup final. Set from piece, the, yep, that yeah. was a set piece. And I don't think they scored any of the other ones. Yeah. And that's it's always going to be the issue against Celtic. Um, and I think that might lead to Celtic winning the game maybe 1-0. Graham? <laughs> I think it'll be really tight, honestly. <laughs> I really do. I th- I, 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 there was a feeling... With McInnes, he was speaking after uh, the rain. There was a real determination. I think he knows he would take finishing fourth to finally win the second cup. You forget he was able to win League Cup very quickly. He's, the fact he's been knocking on the, the door so often should be should be praised for that rather than criticised because it's not easy to get back to Cups con, uh, consistently while you're also competing in the league. So I think they'll give it their absolute all. I think it'll be a top performance. But I think Celtic have 
just a feeling that they have got these type of players who thrive on this occasion. And I'll say it'll be a 2-1 victory. I wouldn't surprise if it'd be pretty similar to these recent games, maybe one each and a late goal again. But I think Celtic's got more about the more quality in the pitch. You've always got to favour that. That's all from us this week. You can join us again next midweek to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks to Graham and Craig for joining me. Uh, remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.